Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, we have uh, Charles Schwen. He is a storytelling sales coach who works with growing businesses with a strong culture of learning. Before starting Flying Kite in October 2018, Charles has won multiple sales awards. Charles believes customers buy with emotion and justify with fact, and also that every business owner and sales professional deserves a practical framework to tell their story and have a clear marketing message. Well, welcome and thank you for being here today, Charles. Lovely to be here, Adriana. Lovely to be here. Pleasure is all mine. (laughs) Likewise. But before starting, um, I'd like to know a bit more about your background and your story and how was your transition to sales? Because from what I understand, this was not your first career choice. No, you know, like when I, when I do my workshop, just out of curiosity, I kind of already know what the answer is, but just so in tenors understand it. One of the questions I ask people is how many of you growing up or how many of you that are parents will say to your kid, hey, go be a person. 99% of the person never thought of it. They never thought about sales as a career. However, doesn't matter which path you choose, whether it's a business owner, then you definitely have to sell or whether you are in a restaurant. If you're in a restaurant, you have to sell your ambience, your menu, your decor. If you're a doctor, lawyer, attorney, you're selling your experience, everybody's selling. And uh, whether you have the title business development, account manager, sales you are selling and a lot of time people don't uh, really grasp that or the people don't accept that what i have seen is there are very good uh there might be very they're expert in the field but there are certain experts that's more well known for example uh, jamie oliver he's not the best chef in the world but guess what he's the most he's one of the most well because he's good at selling he's good at promoting same as uh, gordon ramsay you know it's it's they are plenty of more well qualified quote unquote but they're good communicating and that's that's the skill that we can all learn growing up i have uh, oh i still have adhd and uh i used to i was forced to take ritalins as a kid and on my report card throughout school years was always charles can never stop talking charles um, needs to i don't know behave in class and uh so i got a lot of hiding because of that i had to talk my way out of trouble very far but then one of the defining moments i remember was when i was studying in my final year of financial management we had a subject called commercial law i did really really bad in it because law is memorized you have to memorize a big thick book and they ask you maybe five questions it's like mind-blowing to me so it's a year course meaning that it's not semester you go on based on the whole year's average so in south africa we use the british system it's a four degree 50 percent is a pass i went in there with an average Adriana, 30 percent. that means i have to get at least 70 to pass so i think i got an average of 48 which means i did all right in the final exam but then 48 is not a pass you but I qualify for a, a rewrite. I don't want to do a rewrite in December where all my friends are graduating and ready starting holiday. So I went into the professor's room and I don't remember her name. Let's call her Adriana. And I go there and and uh, I immediately scan the room. I realized back in the day, it's um, the flight center. They had their tickets in an envelope. And that when they book your schedule, they it's in actually in an envelope. You're nodding because you probably remember this. So I said to the professor, Hey Adriana, it looks like you're going on holiday. Oh, yes, you know, I'm going to this place. I can't wait. I've been planning for this for a long time, and now I have to mark these papers. 
immediately I'm like, huh, she has a pain. Let me speak to that pain. And I said, Adriana, you know what? First of all, it's December. There's a time of giving. Second of all, you just told me that you don't want to mark another paper and, and, and delay a holiday. So what do you say? Guess what? She passed me. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Wow. I didn't have to do the rewrite. But in, in my mind, I had nothing to lose. That was always being my... You can always ask. The worst thing people can say is no. Yeah. But I realized, and this, this is the first key I want to share with people. Do not make it about you. Always make it about the other person. So if you listen to a story, yes, I had an end goal, which is to get out of it, but I made it about her. And that's exactly. the speak to people's problem. If you can define their problem in a very, very clear, defined way, you get their attention. And this is one of the mistakes that I see people don't make. They make it all about them, how great they are, how many awards they won, how many clients they work with. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, so that was my first realization that there's powering words. And then gradually, fast forward a few years, I worked in short-term insurance. Um, and short insurance, I had to learn very, because I worked in the course and nobody likes to get a call from a corner agent selling you car insurance, right? Nobody likes it. So the call in the floor average is about 30% conversion ratio. That means every every three calls, no, every 10 calls you make three sales. Mine was about 50%. So cold calling, almost every single second call I make, I will make a sell. The company traded us well. And also I got paid very, very fast. I'll say, Adriana, my name is so-and-so. And I'm this from this company. The reason for my call is this and this and this. I don't beat around the bush. And uh, and and then the last time I was properly employed by somebody uh, in 2013 to 2017 by a company called Entrepreneur uh, Magazine. I work for the South African Fund and uh, all fear we were chatting that our director was very focused on sales, which understandably so. And he wanted us to have between um, 10 and 12 meetings per week. So I worked out the numbers and in the four years, I ended up uh, like meeting, interviewing, uh, selling to nine, more than 9,000 people. So I got a lot of time uh, under yeah, that, my belt. It's a lot of experience and your wealth yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and and also a lot of rejections. And you learn, okay, so my my mentality has always been, okay, they say no because maybe I did some, either I did something wrong or I didn't profile them correctly. Let me see how I can improve it. So I was the top performer for four years and I realized what I was doing right and I made notes and I started training. So that's basically... Um, how I got started in 2017, um, January 2017, I decided to take the leap of faith and to start my own uh, sales training. Um, and I know that your audience are people, are female that wanted to start their business or thinking about it. And uh, the, 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 the best way I can, so October will be four years. Um, my first three years, I was literally eating poo. If to, say, to say it politely, I was eating poo, meaning that I I was yeah. paying school lessons. I was paying a lot of school fees. The first year I said, I got into debt, heavy debt. Like I maxed out my credit card. I burned through all my savings and my stress level, my cholesterol was through the roof. And that's that's one of the lessons that I've learned that I, a lot of times people don't underestimate how long it will take. So it exactly. took me seven months to make my, it took me seven months to make my first sale. Seven months. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what the saving, um, the saving habit is like in Holland, but in South Africa, uh, I think the average is, your average family will, if they stop earning today, they will be within three months. Some of them even within a month. I saved that for three, which I thought that, okay, maybe after three months, I'll be able to, to land a, a client, but it took me seven months. If every year that I've been in business so far, there's been different um, challenges and different learnings. So for the listeners out there, if you are thinking about starting your business or 
in your first year of business, please take this painful lesson from me and along along with lots of other people out there. So my personal story was I was doing digital strategy and I thought that I can consult uh, companies on that. So when you work in advertising, the companies I was working with, the big companies, so let's say a, a, a bank or a, a listed company. So they will have advertising agencies. They will have uh, strategists, planner, buyer, graphic designer, have a whole team. I just need to deal with the strategists. However, when I was selling to other companies, they don't have that. They expect me to be the buyer, the planner, the designer, which is not my skill. That's when I realized, oh my goodness, I cannot do this because I'm not qualified. And it took me a year to realize this. So while I was realizing this, the money was just burning because your debit orders, your payment goes off. So the first lesson that I have learned is find out what your niche is very, very fast. Before you start, you need to find your niche and be very, very specific of what that is. So let me give that as an example. So do you exercise, Adriana? Uh, yes. Okay. What, what kind of exercise? Do you run, jog, gym? Uh, Fitness in general, running. Okay, so let's say, let's use an example marathon as a as a, a as a goal. Let's use it as an example. Let's say if I'm a fitness trainer, I come up to you and I say to you, "Hey, Adriana, I'm a running coach. Great. That's 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 broad. But let me dive down a little bit more. And if I say to you that, Adriana, um, I focus on women uh, above 25, 25, 25 to help their run. Let's niche down a little bit more." And the ultimate niche could be, Adriana, I help women between 25 to 35 run their first marathon. That's my speciality. You see how different that is? Yeah. Instead yeah. of just saying, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fitness coach. Exactly. That's what I mean by that. That's what I mean by that. You need to be able to, to communicate your niche as clearly, as specific as possible. Had I learned that in year one, I would have saved a lot of heartache. And I was chatting to, uh, I was doing a podcast at a time, one of the South African guy that I admire a lot, his name is Douglas, and uh, he's written like over seven business books. And I was chatting to him about this. And he says to me, Charles, you, you tell people that you help them do stories, but what's the what's the goal? And I said, well, it's help them communicate better. But he's like, okay, but what is the purpose of them? And that I had a realization. <laughs> I'm helping people to sell more. Not about the story, not about communication. The end goal is to help business people sell because that's what I was good at. I was actually the turning point. That's when I started refining things little by little, little by little. So year two, I started to build uh, public speakings on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah. So it's four years. So year one, I was like, year one doesn't count. Year one was a haze. It was like I was trying to figure myself um year um year year so they make a year zero year zero is burning money year one i started to realize it sells so i started putting courses public speaking year two year three start building a building building so that's basically the short summary yeah yeah this is quite impressive which because there there are many ways to start a business right so uh and and the the way that you did is taking on a lot of risk right uh by by you know giving up your your day-to-day -day job uh, relying on your your extra savings debts and, and loans and, and things like that if you would go back in time would you have started differently yeah, differently yes so if i know what i know now and go back i will do this i'll make sure i have some kind of clients uh before i before i left so basically i'll start i'll, I'll, I'll use an example of, uh, of one of the, the the female entrepreneurs. I've done her in, her, her training course and we she's been on my podcast. Her name is Leanne. I would do what she did. What Leanne did was 
she was while she was working um she she already planned to leave the next year but she started a podcast on the side and from the podcast she gained a lot of traction the point that she knew she was ready in the first year she had nothing to lose right she still had a full-time job she had an income and if she tested out the podcast if it didn't work guess what she can try something else. if i can go back i would have done the same thing meaning that come up with some kind of program to see if I can coach and train people on the side or get invited to uh, do public speaking just to get my name out there and also use this time to refine my products and services. That's what I would have done. And also instead of save up for three months, I would have saved up for six because that would just help you relieve a lot more stress. That's what yeah. I would have done different. Yeah, I think that's that's something very useful to to understand like how much risk you're able to get into start, when you get into uh, into a business and based on that make make uh, certain decisions, right? So based on your experience uh, and with the clients uh, that you've worked, especially the female part, um, what would you say uh, would be the challenges the female entrepreneurs have, let's say, on the sales when they start this? You know what? I, I cannot say this for all the women, but I have sometimes I have picked up when it comes to confidence. Okay. When it comes to confidence, when it comes to the, the so-called imposter syndrome, um, I feel like some of the females are more like that. So sometimes in their mind, they don't think they are ready. They're not confident enough to promote themselves. It's all these internal voices. I, I'm, like I said, not all of women are like that, but I have picked it up. Just the mannerism of, 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 of men and women are a little bit more different. Um, the, the confidence building I have across a few clients that are like that, that, that they, they will admit to me after digging that they're not confident in it. And that's, that they will come up with different excuses. And then I'm like, no, when you, when you start peeling the layers, like I'll give you an example. One of the ladies I work with she won multiple awards and she's an engineer, fascinating story. And, uh, I want to work with her because I can see she's achieved a lot. So we worked on refining her story and she's gone funding before and uh that's how she she's a she's still working full-time but she's got a, a funding for side projects but then after working with her for about two months i realized something wasn't adding up um while doing one of our sessions she burst out crying i'm like uh like what's up she's like well first of all she said for the first time after working with you charles when i pitch to people she, they know what i do I'm like, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. But then I start connecting her with people that might be able to be potential clients. And then that's when the stalling starts. Because I noticed she kept on enter entering into competitions for funding and this and this. I'm like, go out and sell. Why do you still need funding? And then I realized and asked her straight up, Miss Adriana, are you scared of selling? She took a pause. She said, yes. And I said, why is that? She said, I'm scared of rejection. So I said to her, okay. That makes perfect sense, right? Because that's why she keeps finding funding because she, then she doesn't need to sell. But but the irony is in order to get funding, you still need to sell, except for you selling to the founder, not end user. Anyway, story short, I stopped working with her because if somebody that doesn't want to do sales, I cannot help you because I'm a sales coach. I'm yeah. a sales coach, not a life coach. If you want somebody to 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 bill you and to tell you everything's going to be okay, that's not me. I'm there to help you make more sales. So we had to end that working relationship. But like I said, that's not all the female. Some of them love selling. If they enjoy selling, then it's work. Yeah, it's interesting to see like this perception uh, about sales. It always amazes me because you, we have this perception that it's something you know aggressive and it's something you you need to put all your effort into it and and it's like 
like some skills that, that only a few people can have. But it's so important to be able to tell your story to your audience and to and have a clear message, right? So uh, why do we feel like so reserved when it comes to the word sales or the, the perception that we have around sales? You know, I, I, well, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give you an example, right? And uh, let's do a quick wordplay. Adriana, if I had to say to you, and how would you describe... Use one word to describe and uh, if somebody says to you they are, they are a salesperson, what are some of the adjectives that you can think of to describe somebody that's a salesperson? Pushy? Pushy, yeah, maybe. Uh, um, this is not true. It's not that I believe in it, but it's that you won't get the full truth out or the, the full picture. Yet you will get part of the message, maybe. So they will be deceptive? Maybe, yeah. What else? Pushy, deceptive, what else? I and think every those, salesperson that's phoning you up. Yeah, so it's like pushy, deceptive. It, those, those are the main things that I would say would bother me or would I, if I had to describe a, a salesperson, would be, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So, so somebody that's phoning you up out of the blue, cold calling you, deceptive, they want your money and all those, all those bad things. Basically nothing good. However, Adriana, if I had to say to you, somebody is a professional salesperson, what word would you use to describe them? They do their research? They, they do care? Their, exactly. They care. They are involved with the customer. They, they, it's more like some, someone that you have alongside helping you to make a good decision, right? So it's not like a salesperson exactly that I would it's still says you know when you have a consultant for instance that is guiding you through a process of like choosing an, and it's someone who has the information has the research is is going along with you during that process let's say as as an example um so that so they, would be the professional salesperson is somebody that guides you along the way that exactly. they're selling you but you feel okay with it yeah yeah i feel that i'm in a way in, in let's say control of the decision but there is someone else who is supporting in taking that decision, right? Okay, perfect. So just to recap, if 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 any time I mention SalesP, it's never anything good. They're annoying, they they bother you, they want your money, they're selfish, nothing good. If a professional salesperson, somebody that's there to journey you, somebody that's an expert, somebody that's to guide you. Adriana, what was the difference? One word. The only word that changes every salesperson versus a professional salesperson one word makes a whole difference it's a it's the same like in their people's mind if you see yourself as a professional salesperson it changes everything because if you think you're a professional salesperson guess what then i will care i will do my research i'm not going to waste your time and so that's 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 the number one thing that that, that, that you need to understand the difference because if you are going to be every salesperson then of course you're not going to get any good results. And the second thing is, I think a lot of people are scared of rejection. They would know. Because I'm, I mean, as a youngster, my dad told me this in passing. Um, and uh, I was sharing this with my wife the other day. And my dad said to me, and my dad is not in sales at all. He was, he, he had he had a career in Navy. He retired as the ship's captain and, and all that stuff. And he said to me, Charles, there's, there's two things that's extremely hard to do in this life. First one is sell your idea to somebody. Number two, take money out of somebody's pocket. And and I had a like a pin drop moment about a month ago. That's actually sales. My dad shared with me without telling me it was sales. I don't think he realized it, but it's true, right? You have to take this money uh, in sales. You have to sell your idea to the next in sales. It is hard to do. There are ways around it. Um, about two weeks ago, I did a masterclass on, on, on something called... Uh, how to know exactly what to say. Maybe you have no sales experience. And the whole idea is, is that we can all become better at it. Some of us are already doing it. 
you just don't know this is the framework so as an example um let's say Adriana, do you have children no okay but you have friends or family that have children right yeah 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 so let's say a five or six year old i mentioned this because i, I was hanging out with my friends kids when they want something what do they do oh they're very persistent <laughs> yeah they don't give up right they don't give up exactly they don't give up they'll keep asking and asking and asking and asking asking yeah and two things are going to happen either you're going to give in or they're going to get a beating or, or whatever i don't know what the third option is so it's the same except for selling is asking in a very nice way yeah and not yeah. being a not not grab them by the tie choke them until they buy that's like the old school way of doing but bring a professional salesperson out to you first um the way i explain to clients is you need to be the 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 medicine to the headache so if i can position myself as the the, the you have a headache if i'm the medicine you're going to come to me but how do i describe that so let's say it's the middle of the night and then you see that you walk into your cabinet you open up the 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 the, the cabinet there are three bottles of, of of pills two of them gives you all the medical chemist uh, descriptions and then one bottle Anna, says uh relieve your headache in 30 minutes which are you going to choose the one with the 30 minutes <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's a it's a rhetorical question but that's what i'm talking about if i can position my medicine I mean, all those three bottles can do the same thing, but the messaging is different. Exactly. Did, I, did, yeah. I, did I shout? Did I yell? No, I didn't. I just spoke to your pain. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the tips that you would give to like to overcome this? This Because it, it's not rejection, it's preparation to 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 have the right message, to target the right one. Uh, what other tips would you give to someone who would like to get started or to, you know, narrow down a bit more their, their messaging and, and their sales? proposition so, so one uh when it comes to to finding the 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 number one place to start is exactly are existing for meaning that so if if you have a if you have a product what what is it that you're solving for people that other people cannot solve and that's how it, once you like the the example that we use about the running code i'm specifically targeting women between 25 and 35 run their first marathon that's a very very specific pain so you need to spend time, speak to people, bounce off ideas. The more niche you can get, the more you're able to stand out in the beginning. Because unfortunately, you don't have the marketing budget to waste and to to throw it on the wall to see what sticks. Bigger companies can do that. They 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 they, they can do that and test, but you cannot afford to do that because it's very very costly. Um, and 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 then and then trying to find if there's a market for it. Find out. Um, how one of the things I teach people is uh, when it comes to pricing, you need to figure out how much is it worth to them before you give a pricing. So I never discuss pricing. Uh, if somebody asks me for a quote, I don't do it. I don't, I don't. Because here's the thing, let's Adriana, if you say to me, hey, Charles, how much do you charge for sales training? My first question to you is, well, how much is it worth to you? Because if you don't know how much is it worth to you, what, when I send you the quote, what are you comparing it to? So that's so doing the doing our doing our first meeting, I was trying to trying to define how much is this worth to you. So as an example, let's say let's say somebody that sells solar, solar panels are quite pricey. So a discussion will be that well um adriana how much is a how, how long does a every sales cycle take it might take three months and how much is a deal worth it's a few million it's it's a big contract aha uh -huh. so the pain that you're having is if i have you make one more extra sale month it's worth million then i can charge accordingly then it's all relative because if i don't communicate what i'm bringing to you the actual value what are you going to do 
you're going to go to price. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, that's that's what happens. You got to look at quote. Um, let's go for the average price one. No, then I lose all the way. So so let me just give you a, a quick definition why I feel like uh, uh, like the niche is so important. In, in Holland, how much does it cost to go to a normal doctor? Jeep? What's the consultation? Plus minus. Um, it depends. You have an insurance that you have monthly to pay and that's it. So that let's say it's not like a private doctor. It depends. Let's say 100, 200 euros if you had something like that. Okay. Okay, 100 to 200 euro. Okay, yeah. if you go to a specialist, like an eye surgeon or a dentist, then that the, the, the price goes up. It um, can much, be, plus let's say, 200, 300, maybe around. See the difference. See the difference. If GP earns 100, specialist earns 300, they're still spending the same amount of time. So, which one would you rather be? There's nothing wrong with GPs. I mean, GPs can make a very nice living and it's because the specialists are able to specialize i'm an eye surgeon i'm an orthodontist i'm a i don't know what are the a gynecologist you know i'm able to specialize my field so i see a lot of people out there that call themselves business consultants but if you garnish the tree there'll be business consultants but what kind of business consultant are you specifically and will people pay for it if you're just paying for somebody to chat then i might as well have a coffee with a friend that doesn't cost me anything but a cup of coffee why should i pay you to listen to me to talk yeah yeah no this is this is relevant that's true that's it's so important to to be able to to have that, um, you know, uh, set, yeah, defined at least at the beginning. Uh, you don't want to, risk, let's say, waste the limited resources you already have um, and make the most of it, right? Um, all right. So ha having a, a bit, you know, a bit more clear clarity on on what are those first steps to make. Uh, what would you say on on the importance of having a relationship? Because it, sales is not only about selling, but also building a relationship with the prospect, with you know, a potential client. So how important is that uh, to to establish that relationship? Um, you know, that's a that's a very very good question, and it's depend on what. Kind of what kind of business it is. Mm -hmm. So let's say if I'm an online retailer, let's say Amazon, the client-customer relationship is mostly transactional. I'm saying that because I buy things from Amazon. I don't really have a relationship with Amazon. Whereas if this is uh, somebody um, that is uh, training me, let's say my, I've got a boxing trainer, that per, that relationship is more personal. So really, really it depends on what kind of business you do. And and But if you're dealing with somebody face-to-face, -face, you correct me if I'm wrong, we are more likely to do business with people that we like. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you if they don't like you, doesn't matter how amazing your product is, I'm not going to go there. So I, I cannot give you a little thumb of how to be a pleasant human being. I mean, that's, that, that's, that depends on everybody's uh, uh, a different field. So like one of the things that people talk about when I work with them, I ask them a very simple question. What makes you special? Without it, some of the things will come up is uh, we give, we have the best product, best service, or we give clients, best clients to. So then I dig it a little bit deeper. What does it mean that you give good client service, Adriana? Does it mean you give me a call on my birthday? Does it mean you remember my kid's name? Does it mean you give me a kiss and hug when you see me? What does it actually mean? Then they're the best. Then they're the best done because if you cannot uh, verbalize it in a very clear way, then how do you do this every single time? 
Because they say if you just remember my birthday, give me a handshake, remember, remember my kid's birthday. Is that really that special? Anybody with a notebook write these things down. Let me give you an example of, of what I mean. Um, so normally if you go to a shop, I don't know if this is like that in Holland. If you go to a shop, let's say a pharmacist, you ask them for, uh, let's say some vitamin pills. I think most of the time people might say to you, it's there, aisle five, aisle six, and that end of that. You're nodding because you probably agree. But there are one or two companies in South Africa that they have trained their pharmacists or people that are stocking shelves. This is what they do. So let's say, Adriana, if you come to me and say, hey, where's the vitamin E pills? They will stop whatever they're doing, drop everything down and take you there. That is customer service. And you can clearly define it. So when you train people, customer service means this. And if you're stocking the, the, the putting stock, you're putting price label, you stop whatever you're doing, you look the customer in the eye, you take them there. That is concrete customer service. You know what you're saying? We give customer service. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when you have this like face-to-face -face interaction, it's slightly different. But nowadays, with you know everything that we it's happening around the world, you still have more and more online interactions. So, how do you still build that trust relationship when you're far away? You don't that you don't have that face-to-face -face connection. Uh, it seems that there is an extra challenge there, right? Um, yes, yes and no, yes and no. So I'm, I'm, I'm using my my own experience, right? So I'm sorry, I'm, I'm using my own field. So because I cannot speak to other fields that, that I don't work with. So as an example, I work with clients all over the world, some of them in Australia, some of them in, 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 in like uh, Norway. Um, so we're working virtually, I haven't met any of them online. During the initial consultation, while I'm chatting to them, I'll be making notes of certain things that they say. And in order for me to stand out is to out people, meaning they actually heard and listened to what you said. So in the email, I can bring this up. As, a, as an example, so let's say you mentioned something like, like this is the third consultant I've spoken to and uh, I thought this is going to work or whatever the case may be. My first email, first of all, I will, I will personalize my subject line because when you personalize the subject line, it makes people feel like they're cared for. So instead of just saying, quote, because I've seen that a lot, people just say it's quote. I mean, why should I open something? I'm not going to be, oh, what? if you send me something called quote, I'm going to open this one out. No, I'm going to summarize what you say. So uh, let's say your one of your frustration is, so let's use running as an example. Let's say you, you, you injured yourself and you haven't you haven't been able to find a rehab exercise that's, that, that's really geared towards you. But doing our initial cons consultation, now I'm the sales coach, the, 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 the running trainer now, we discovered that um, nobody has able to understand what you go through from your your running habits and this and uh i come up with a subject line that summarizes what you're going through something like uh, we're one step away for you to be pain-free again and i summarize what we discuss instead of just saying quote now if you do this over and over again people will feel like you actually heard what they said, understood them so that is something that you can do yeah i mean it's 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 different but obviously like paying attention and making that extra effort to to get a bit more involved in that relationship with with the prospect at, at value to the conversation um all right so i think we can wrap up right so is there any last advice or tip that you would like to to give to future female entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs that are already um in starting their businesses i'll say that for anybody out there that wants to start their business it's going to be it's not going to be easy and if you seek out 
mentors uh, or if we seek out people on social media, uh, have a talk with them first. If everybody, if, if the person that you're dealing with tells you from the day they started, it's been great, it's been amazing, that's not BS. I've interviewed over 70 entrepreneurs so far, seven zero. Not a single one of them said to me there were no challenges. They were near heartbreaks. They wake up and say, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I cannot do this. This is hard. Maybe just go, go back to get a job. But guess what? They all managed to push through because they're serving something that is bigger than them. They all have to, they're all out there to, to, to solve a problem that's bigger than themselves. They're not out there for them. So as an example, I will never work for somebody if I find out the way they the reason why they started business is to be rich then i'm not there for you because that means you're not going to care about the customer so find out the reason why you started the business and why this matters to you and how people can benefit from this um, that will be the first thing once you can define that once you can see that okay this ha problem is happening over and over again i think i have the solution to solve this and i can see uh, from from reading and researching nobody has come up with a solution yet then yeah maybe it's worth a try you don't have to always be the best to be to be to stand out facebook was not the first social media iphone was not the first iphone but they did something a little bit different exactly. so dream big dream big but to be thorough that's what i can say dream big but be thorough yeah yeah, that, that's really valuable. Thank you. Well, it was very nice having you in in, in this uh, session. And also thank you for, you know, sharing your insights. I think they're very valuable for, for everyone who, who is listening. And there are also really valuable uh, takeaways uh, from this episode. Also for everyone interested in knowing more about yourself, they can contact you via LinkedIn, your website. So we will put all this information in, in the description and the details will be provided. Um, thank you for being with us today. Adriana, thank you so much. And listeners, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with one friend, just one friend. Share it. <laughs>